Okay, here we go. So the Mishnah says, Tzadivav Manalaf Hazarik, Mishnah Sayyachal someone who throws from Mishnah Sayyachal, he's standing on his porch, he throws from his own porch to Mishnah Sayyachal, to the highway, or Mishnah Sayyachal, Mishnah Sayyachal, Halacha is Chayev. So the Gemara is going to get into how we know Zayrik is the same as passing, or is it different? We'll see the source soon. Or he goes Mishnah Sayyachal, Mishnah Sayyachal, or Mishnah Sayyachal, let's say you're throwing from Mishnah Sayyachal to another Mishnah Sayyachal. So imagine your street outside your house would be called the Rosh Rabim. Let's say you have a highway outside your house and you're throwing from your house, from your uh, deck, to your neighbor across the street. So Rabbi Kiva Mechaev, Rabbi Kiva says, you're Chaev, because I'm in Rosh Hashayachid, and I'm throwing to another Rosh Hashayachid, and it passed through Rosh Rabim. According to Rabbi Kiva, you're Chaev. The Chachamim Poitrin, the Chacham say, you're Pater in that case, because we'll assume it didn't go into Rosh Hashanah, it went from Rosh Hashanah through Rosh Hashanah and never rested in Rosh Hashanah, and therefore you should be Pater. Now, Ketzad, what would be the example of what we're discussing? So you have Shtei Zeus Terois, Zu Keneged Zu, Rosh Hashanah. So let's say you have a a gzustera is like a, a, a balcony, we'll call it a porch or a balcony, that protrudes from a wall. And those balconies are considered Rishosiachid, and you have a Rishosarabim in between it. So it's Zukinegazu, they're on opposite sides. So imagine we'll call it the avenue, you're, you're, uh, you're on one side of the avenue, and your neighbor's on the other side of the avenue, and you're you threw, sorry, Moshe means to pass. You pass something or you threw something from one balcony to the other, even though underneath is Rosh Hashanah. You look down, you're on the street, still potter. However, if they were on one side of the road, so they're on the same side, so then, Hamoshet Chayev, meaning you're not going across Rosh Hashanah, you're going alongside Rosh Hashanah. So imagine you have a balcony and it's right on top of the avenue. We're calling the avenue Rosh Hashanah in our case. And your neighbor, your next door neighbor, literally is adjacent to you. You pass it to him when you have Rosh Hashanah on top of you. So then, Hamoshet Chayev, but if you throw it from your porch to his porch, putter. Now, why, why are we differentiating between passing it over Rosh Hashanah, across the street, or alongside the street, passing, throwing? Why is this? So if you look at Rashi, explains, and the end of the mission is going to explain this as well, that we're going to get into how the Levim uh, would carry, would transfer the Mishkan when they were in the desert. And based on how they would carry it or transfer things, that's how we know that these things are called Haitzah and Shabbos. As we know, the Haitzah, or, or all the Lama Tesmalachas are learned out from, from the, the building of the Mishkan. So we'll take a look at what, what the Levium did, and we'll figure out what is called Haitzah and Shabbos. So the Mishnah finishes off, This was the Avoidah of the Levium, where they had So they had two wagons, that would transfer the Krushim, uh, and they, these would be in Rosh Hashanah. And Mashitin Akrushim Izuuzu Avaloi Zarkin. What they would do is, so imagine you have a you have a highway or an avenue, and you had piers of wagons. You had one pier, so one would be on one side of the street, the other one would be on the other side of the street. Then you have a second pier right behind them, and they wouldn't pass things across the street. 
they would pass it back. So imagine here would be a picture. It's not a great picture. My grandma has a picture. So here's your Mishkan. Here's you know, one pair of wagons, second pair. So the street is in between them. So they wouldn't pass across the street. They would just hand it back. So, when, so the same thing, our mission is saying the same halacha applies. Let's say you have a balcony. So when you have a balcony and you're throwing it from balcony A across the street to balcony B, that's not uh, resembling something that was done in the Mishkan. In the avoid of the Mishkan, they wouldn't pass across the street. They would, they would pass something alongside the street the length, not the width. So therefore, we uh, we differentiate between across, going across the street versus passing it when you are on bidyoita achas, when you're on one side of the street. So then that would be called carrying. So for all intents and purposes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my recollection might be a little fuzzy, but according to what I remember from the first parrot, Rebbe Kiva's reason for throwing over Sisodabim has nothing to do with the abode on the Mishkan. He said that the, basically the when the ball or whatever was over, she's about this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. For sure. So we're saying the Ketzad is really going in the, the sheet of the Rabban on here. Right, Ketzad can't, I mean, yeah, obviously Ketzad can't possibly be like, like Rabbi Akiva, but even, but, but then even if you go, if you say Gordon Rabbi Akiva, does he just disregard the Abode on the Mishnah, or does he say the Abode on the Mishnah is different, or like, how So I, I think you have to work backwards. We know what saw is was the avoid in the mission. We're always going to ask how we know that, but let's assume there's a one of the lama test malachas is carrying on Shabbos. As we know, we just had many prokim figuring out how big of a shear. Okay, we know there's, there's something called carrying on Shabbos. Now, I would have said if you would have asked me just by some of the basic rules of Haitzah, I, I would assume if I have a balcony that's a rishosiyachid and I throw it into my friend's balcony that's also a rishosiyachid. I should be putter and never land in a Rosh Hashanah. You're right. According to Rabbi Kiva, there's a new fancy schmancy chiddush that kluta kemishahun chadami, that being in the ear as if it landed. Okay, forget about that. I never heard of that. I'm just assuming I have Rosh Hashanah A, transferring it from Rosh Hashanah A to Rosh Hashanah B, Shanapi Daraisa. So comes the Mishnah, and even the Chacham agree that it depends. If it's on one side of the street, and underneath is Rosh Hashanah in that case, even though logically you should be putter, there, there's a, there's an issue there. Why is the, why is it usher? Because that's the derech that they would pass things in the Mishkan. So we're forced to to include this in our list of things that are called Haitzah and Shabbos. Even though logically it shouldn't be Haitzah. You are correct that according to Rabbi Kiva, I don't need to go back to the Mishkan and figure out what is considered carrying or not. I know there's an issue of carrying. You can't you can't have Hanachah or Shusarabim. Rabbi Kiva's chiddush. We're going to see tomorrow's daf is that kluta kemishahun chadami that being in the air is as if I put it down. But he doesn't need to go back to the to the way they transported the krushim. Okay, so zok the gemara. So we're on top of tzadivav amad beis. So michti. Let's see. Zrika tolda dehaitzahi. Zrika throwing is a toilada, it's a tolda. We, we have a whole, whole parak dealing with avos and toldos. It's not exactly the avmalacha. You're not transporting it you know, with your hands, you're throwing it. So we'll assume it's a tolda of haitzah. But haitzah gufa hechaksiva. Weirder in the Torah does it tell us that there's an isra haitzah. Now, all the Rishonim ask, what do you mean we're in the Torah? It doesn't say anything in the Torah. It says, 
It says, uh, You can't do malacha on Shabbos. We know, it doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say all these things. So why is the, we hear the Gemara is asking, you know, where's the source? So Taisu says, Top Taisus says because it says malacha garua, it's it's a chiddush. You're not changing something when you make your you know when you make a soup on Shabbos. You took water and vegetables and now you made a soup. So I can see why that's called malacha. When I took a tissue from my house to the street, what exactly did I do? So we mentioned this at the beginning of Masechet Shabbos that that is called a malacha garua, and therefore it could be there's more of a reason for the Torah to explicitly uh, spell out. That Haitzah is Asr more than the other uh, Lama Tes Malacha. So Amr Abiyachanan, Abiyachanan says, I'll tell you the source. And to Amr Kra, the Pasuk says, Vayitzav Moshe Vayaviru Kol Bamachanan. So Moshe commanded and he said, and he uh, passed to call his voice Bamachanan. Now that's not the focus of the Pasuk, but the end of the Pasuk says that that he told him, don't bring anything more for the donations for the Beis HaMikdash or for the Mishkan. And people stopped bringing. So we're going to assume right now that he told them not to bring donations to the Mishkan on Shabbat. So the Mar is going to try to figure out how we see that in the Pasuk. So Moshe Hecha Hava Yasuf, where was he sitting? Where was, where was he when he said this? That he would, where would he be? So the Machina Levia. He would be in the Machina Levia. And the Gemara says, Machina Levia Rishusarabim Havoi. And Machina Levia is counted as a Rishusarabim. Now, what are the conditions for Rishusarabim? There's a, it has to be, you know, a certain width, it has to be, you know, a road. There's a Machlekes in the Rishon, a very important Machlekes. If, if, if there's a requirement for 600,000 people, passerbys, to make something a Rishusarabim. So if you look at Rashi here, this is the fourth line of Rashi. Rashi says, Everybody would go, would line up, and you know, wait to ask their shilas or, or complaints to Moshe Rabbeinu. So it was his house was a Rosh Rabbim. And according to Rashi, it needs to be that you had many people there, because otherwise it wouldn't be a Rosh Rabbim, because according to Rashi, Rashi Lishitasa in Shabbos and Erevin, is that in order for something to be called a Rosh Hashanah, you need to have 600,000 people. That is the backbone for all the you know, small communities that make Erevin or even bigger cities. If you, if you don't go with Rashi, and you hold that 600,000 people is not a requirement to make something a Rosh Hashanah, you could take all your uh, you know, village Erevin and throw it out the window because the other conditions are met. It leads, it's a road, it's 16 hours wide, uh, you know, there's nothing obstructing it. So we rely on, this is the uh, Minog and Kaliasol, we rely on Rashi that in order for something to be called the Rosh Hashanah, you need to have 600,000 passerbys. Just by the way, this is getting a little, uh, a little, a little uh, you know, technical, but it's an interesting Ma'ara uh, Makayim. There's the Machlaikas how to define the 600,000 people. So, so this, this uh, and based on this, you have Machlaikas, a big Machlaikas, uh, controversy, I would call it, regarding like New York Erev or Queens, some of the big cities where many people do not use the Erev and some people do, back and forth. It's all based on how we figure out how to calculate 
the 600,000 people, if you know what, what that means. According to Rashi, it sounds like you actually need 600,000 people to be in that area. See, Rashi says that show you how Kol Mitsuyan ate some Moshevenu. They ought to literally be there. Okay, we'll, 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 uh, we'll leave it for a different time. So let's keep going. So in that Pasuk, the Pasuk told us that, Mo- that Moshevenu tells Klai Yisrael, stop bringing the donations. And Moshe Heichen Havia, so where was Moshe? He was in Machan Elavia. Um Machan Elavia, Rishos Rabim Havoi. Ve'Ka'am Aluhuli Yisrael. He tells Klai Yisrael, Loi Tapiku Ve'Tesu. Don't go out. Don't bring things. Mishos Yachid Ditchu from your home for your intent. Rishos Rabim to Rishos Rabim. So Moshe is telling them on Shabbos, do not bring donations, even though you think it's a beautiful thing to bring a donation to the Mishkan. It's Shabbos. Don't bring. What's the problem? The problem is Haitzah. So that's the source for the Isser. Of Hitzah on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, We might the Shabbos Kai. How do you know that this was on Shabbos? Maybe maybe it was on a Tuesday. And why would Moshe Rabbeinu tell him to stop? Because it was over. The campaign was over. Mishum the Shlima Lamalacha. That we don't need anymore. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk tells us later on that we had enough. Campaign over, no more funds are necessary. So maybe when Moshe Rina tells them, Maybe he's telling them on a Tuesday, we no longer need your donations. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you how I know that this was done on Shabbos. Gamar ha'avara ha'avara miyamekipurim. We learn exer shava from a, another pasuk that uses the term ha'avara of passing, and that was done on Yom Kippur. So we're going to assume that our ha'avara vayaviru kabbalachne was also on some day that we couldn't do malacha. How do we see this? Ksiv hachet says over here by the Mishkan vayaviru kabbalachne that. Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, uh, passed this this call, the noise, the announcement in the camp, telling people don't no longer bring their donations. And Siv Hasim it says by Yovel vahavarta shayfer true and you blow shayfer on Yom Kippur and all the slaves are free, right? Look at the words on the Liberty Bell. So that's the vahavarta shayfer true, the proclamation. Malahalon, just like over there, the word vahavarta is talking about Yom Kippur. It's biyoyim aser. It's a day that one cannot do malacha, and havarta is used in that pasuk. Afkan, when the Torah tells me vayaviru kolamachne, I'm going to assume this was said on a day that you cannot do malacha. Afkan biyoyim aser. It's on a day of aser, so I would assume it's Shabbos, and because it was Shabbos, why would the Torah go out of its way to tell me that it's on Shabbos? It must be that it's not because the donati- donation campaign was over. It was simply because that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them not to carry on Shabbos. Okay, so we are ten lines in to Tzadi Vav Amid Beis. Ashkechan Haitzah. So fine. So you showed me that Haitzah is Aser. What about Hachnasa? Hachnasa Minalan. What about bringing something in to the into Rishusay Yachid? Maybe there's only an Isser of taking something out. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu told them, don't bring donations from your house to my my neighborhood because my neighborhood is Rosh Hashanah your house is Rosh Hashanah don't bring donations okay so that's a source for Haitzah what about the Isra the other way what about bringing something from outside back into your house what's the source for this Malacha so the Gemara says Svaru it's a Svaru Michti let's see Either way, it's from one Rishus to another Rishus, transferring from A to B. So Mali Apuke, Mali Yu, what's the difference between A to B, B to A? You're transferring Rishuyas from one 
uh, one property to another one. So therefore, there is no difference really between the malach of Haitzah and Achnasah. Miu Av According to the Gemara right here, that the Av Malacha for Haitzah is only carrying it out from Rishus Hayachet to Rishus Aravim, from your house to the streets. But carrying something in from the street to your house is a Tolada. It's not an Av, it's a Tolada. Now, there's no real difference. We spent the whole parak on this, and the Gemara, you know, elaborates, and we we would we, we should be able to remember this Gemara. And Afkamina, what's the difference between a, a av and a tolda? The avish, the avish b'hadi adadi. If a person did two avs in one shot, inami shtei telavis b'hadi adadi mechayev tarti. If you did two different avs, then you'd be chayev two different chatois. But if you did the same av, then you're then you're potter. You only bring one chatos. The avid av. The Tolada today, but if you do an Av and it's Tolda, you'd only be Chayiv one, one, one Chatas. Okay, so that's why I really care if it's an Av or a Tolda. Now, the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer, the Mechayev at Tolada Bemakim Av, Rabbi Eliezer is Chayiv on a Tolda Bemakim Av, meaning he holds that. He argued on our Mishnah way uh, in the, the Gemara in Krisus, Daft Hezayin. We had, we had this in Klal Gadol, Rabbi Lezer Shita. He holds that. No, if a person, let's say we'll call, I don't know, frying something a tolda of baking, whatever, it might, that might not be true, but let's assume that is. So they're both Isidaraisa on Shabbos. So according to Rabbi Lezer, if it's two different actions, even though technically one's an av, one's a tolda, Rabbi Lezer holds, there still would be a chiv to bring two karbanas. So according to him, that there's no difference in the punishment, why does he call things av? Why does he call things tolda? So the Gemara says, those that were actually done in the Mishkan, that, that action was done in the Mishkan, uh, it's chashiva, it's, and, and it's considered chashiv, that is called the av. It's not called an av. But there really is no practical difference uh, that we would actually act on this whether it's an av or a tolda. According to Abelazer, it's just his, an historical uh, point if it's called an av or a tolda. That's answer number one. Inami, answer number two. Hach t'chsiva, that which is, which is written in the Torah, which we have over here. Vayikali ha'am that people would not, would not bring the donations, the Isra itself, kari av, siva, that which was not written in the Torah, kari talada, is called a talada. Okay. Now, the Mishnah opened up with uh, the, the Isra of Zerika of throwing things in Rosh Hashanah uh, or from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah and we said you're Chayim. So the Gemara is going to go back a little bit into that and figure out what's the source for this, uh, this Malacha. How do we know that this is Asr? Again, it's interesting that we focus so much of you know of Shas is focused on this malacha of Aitzah, but as Taisus points out, it's a malacha guru, you're not really doing something. So we, we try to figure out what's the source for each and every one of these. Okay, but at the time we went to the Mishnah. So let's say someone throws an object at a wall in Rashusarabim. Lamalamayasaratvachim. So imagine you have your paddleball wall or your racquetball wall, but it's in Rosh Hashanah, and he throws something on it, and we're going to see later on, it means it's something that's sticky. So he throws a sticky ball, and it, it lands on the wall. So it depends. So if it's above the 10th line, so then 
kizarik ba'avetz, as if he threw it in the ear of Rosh Hashanah and the ear is considered a mokim pator, once it's above ten t'vachim, and you're pater. Lamatam yasar t'vachim, he threw it, and it landed within ten t'vachim of the ground. That's kizarik ba'avetz, as if he threw it on the ground itself. Vahazarik ba'avetz, if he throws something on the ground in Rosh Hashanah and it's arba amos, it uh, went the distance of four amos, chayiv, you'd be chayiv. Now, Zorak Arba Amos B'Shosarabim Minolon Demachayim. Now, how do I know this original din that someone who throws something in B'Shosarabim that if it travels for Amos, you are Chayim? Which is really the overall question which we have about walking Dalat Amos in B'Shosarabim. Can someone carry something in B'Shosarabim? Let's say a person finds something on the floor, he picks it up, and he walks Dalat Amos. So we know that you're over walking Dalat Amos in B'Shosarabim, even though you're not transferring it from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah you're literally only walking in Rosh Hashanah the same thing applies to throwing something Dalad Amos in Rosh Hashanah just by the way I was thinking today that what's the shear of Arba Amos according to Ramosha Feinstein it's uh, it's it's uh, it's about 18 inches okay so if you think Dalad Amos ends up being six feet so I was thinking about it today. I was just in a grocery store. You have your six feet signs everywhere you step. So Dalat Amos is six feet. Okay, that's a Roshos. That's called a Roshos. Transferring something Dalat Amos, that's a Roshos. Okay, here we go. Next. So the question is, where do we know that Zurika of Arba Amos Peshos Rabim is Chayef? So I'm Rav Yoshia. Rav Yoshia says, now by the way, we couldn't learn it out from passing the boards in the Mishkan because... The, uh, the boards would, would be passed in the Mishkan, and they wouldn't be thrown. Rashi said on the Mishnah that they wouldn't throw the boards, they were very heavy. So that's not a source to tell me that throwing something would be a problem. So we're looking for another source. So the Gemara says, Those that would be weaving the Yerios, the curtains for the Mishkan. So they're, they're, uh, they're constructing the Mishkan, they're weaving the curtains, they would need to borrow their friend's needle. So they would throw a needle to each other. So you see in, in the construction of the Mishkan, they would throw things down Amos. So the Gemara says, Argin, The weavers don't need needles. What do they need needles for? Ella, Shekain, Those that are sewing the Yerios, Zarkin, Machatein, Zelazet. They would shear their needles. Don't shear your needles, but okay. Shekain, Machatein, Zelazet. They would throw their needle in their sewing, that makes sense. So who told you they were dialed amos away from each other? You're right. In the construction of the Mishkan, they were sewing things, and maybe they would throw their needle from one to the other to, to allow them to use the needle for sewing, not for weaving. But who told you that they were four amos away? Maybe they would literally be on top of each other. So the Gemara says no. Not a good idea. They wouldn't work in close proximity. They needed their six feet of space because they're using needles. And they had to poke in their friend with a needle. So therefore, they kept their distance. So when they would pass a needle, it would definitely go the distance of Dalar Amos. Okay? So the Gemara says, yeah, I know, you're right. They don't want to be so close to each other, but at six feet. Maybe, you know, they weren't so mocked on the six feet. Maybe they were within five feet. Who said that they were only, you know, six feet and further apart? That's not the source. The source is like this. Let's go back to the weavers. The ones that were weaving. They're weaving these threads. So they would throw the, uh, it's called a shuttle, uh, for the Yeria, so they would throw the shuttle and that would go down Amas. So the Gemara says, 
Yeah, but the, the one who threw the shuttle of this uh, of the thread, he's still holding on to the other side. So that's not really called Zurika. That's like, you know, a handoff, right? That's not really Zurika. Zurika is when it leaves your hands totally. It goes in the air and the other person catches it. That's called Zurika. But if you're still holding on to it, that's not called a pass. He's still holding on to it. So the Gemara says, Beniska Basra. We're talking about the last uh, threads, the last part of it. So then it makes sense. He would, uh, he would, he would let go of the shuttle and the last piece of cloth he throws to him, the shot that it goes off the uh, the roll, you let that fall on the ground, the 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 rope, what do you call it? The um, the threads are in the air. He can't, the other man catches it, so you do have a case of thread going through the ear space into his friend's hands. Okay, so that's our source. So the Gemara says, Paturka Azla. The the truth is, this is going on top of a loom, so. If it's right, it's, there was a loom that they would create when they were threading and weaving the ureus. So this, without getting into all the details, this loom would be called a makompator. So when they would throw it between the uh, different threads on the loom, that's not called throwing something over a shusarabim. You're throwing it on top of a makompator. So the Gemara says, you're right. Let's start again. Hello, what's the source for the concept of throwing something down? Amos, shekane orgeyirios, zorkin buchyar l'shoyalein. Let's say I would be done with my my threading, and my friend down there he forgot his at home. I would throw out pass my my equipment to my friend. So the Gemara says, "Vadoma gabi So maybe it was a short pass. Who told you it was down Amos? So the Gemara says. No, because matu hadadi they, uh, they they would they would they would they would start poking each other, and therefore nobody wanted to get close to each other. So Maybe they were they were sitting, uh, you know, back to back, and therefore there would still not be doubt amis in between them. They would avoid getting hit or hurt by their friends weaving. But doesn't mean they were necessarily dalad amis away. So the Gemara says v'su, and furthermore, mishi ili mehadadi were they allowed to borrow tools from their friends? Vatani luda, we learned uh, in a brisa luda said the pasuk says ki ish ish mimelachta yasher hema oisin. The pasuk says mimelachtoi his melacha mimelachtoi hu oisin ve'ena oisin mimelachas chaveri. Every single person had to do their job. You weren't allowed to do someone else's job. You weren't allowed to borrow someone else's hammer. Everyone had to. Come prepared, your responsibility, don't blame other people, it was your achrayas. So there wouldn't be a case where they were busy lending a hammer to their friend. Everyone came fully equipped, fully responsible. The Sioux, and even if you tell me that this was a case where they threw it, let's assume you're correct, I still have a problem. That only teaches me zoyrek, throwing. Where do I know that someone who just simply walks who tell, where do I know that he's chayiv? So the Gemara says, Ella, rather, we don't know. There's no passing that tells me Dalad Amos. Ella, Kol, Arba Amos, Shusarabim. This concept that we know that if someone carries something Dalad Amos, Shusarabim, he's chayiv. Gemara, Gemimila, it's just a halachal Moshe Misinai. It's not a passing. It's a Messiah. We have halachal Moshe Misinai that this is a tolda of Haitzah. Okay, so I'm Rabbi Yudah Marshmul. Rabbi Yudah said the name of Shmuel, the Mekoshesh, so next week's parasha is parasha Shlach. 
there at the end of the parsha goes through the Makoshesh Eitzim, someone who did something, he violated Shabbos. The Gemara is going to ask what exact which malacha he did. And we know the Mepharshim say he was trying to show, prove a point that Torah is MS and he wanted to, uh, to, to make a Kiddush Hashem, whatever his intentions were. So there's a lot to discuss about the story of the Mekoshesh Eitzim. So I'm sure you'll see something in your, uh, your Parsha pamphlets next week discussing this, Halim Halacha and Machshava. But either way, there was someone in Parsha Shlach who was called the Mekoshesh Eitzim. And he, was, he violated Shabbos in the Midbar. And we didn't keep those two Shabbosim according to the Medrash, just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. We only kept one, not the second one, the Mekoshesh Eitzim. We know the Midrashim. So the question was, what exactly did he do? So, what did he do? He carried something down Amos and Rashus Harabim. That is Rabbi Yudam Rashmul. There's a Brahisa that says, He plucked uh, wood or he, he cut wood from a tree. So that's the second possible uh, uh, you know, uh, Malacha. So two opinions now. Third opinion is Rabbi Acha, Rabbi Yaakov Amar, Ma'amr Hava. He was Ma'amr, he gathered. Okay, so the Gemara says, "Lamayin What do I care? This is all history. Why do I care which malacha he did? The Torah didn't tell me. Because she hates him. I don't know. He did something on Shabbos with wood. Obviously, he was chayiv misa. He got skila. Why are we busy with what? What's the practical difference with uh, which malacha did he do? So, so the Gemara said, "Lichad the Rav." I need to know because of this opinion of Rav, which you mentioned earlier, that my Rav, Rav said like this: "Matzasim megillas esarim be'rabchia." I found a hidden book, the hidden chronicles in. The, uh, in the uh, base Medrash of Rabchia, the Kosov Bay, and it says it said in it that Isi Ben Yehuda Oimer, Isi Ben Yehuda said, Avois Malachos, the Avois Malachos, which we know are 40, Arbom Chaser Achar, it's 40 minus 1, so 39, Chayev Ela Achas, you're only Chayev on one of them. Really? So says, Achas Vesulai, only Chayev Misa Skila, if I violate one? What? Now I'm looking at Mishnah. Avois Malachas, Abraham Chasr Achas, 40 minus 1 is 39. Vahavinam Ba, Minyan Alamali, what are the numbers for? Vam Rabbi Yechanan, Shemasan, Kulam Behelam Echad, Chayav Akal Achas Viachas, that we know that what could potentially bring 39 carbonis. So why tell me that you only Chayav 1? Stigmar says, Ema, what does the Megillah Sasarim from Rabbiya tell me? Ena Chayav Achas Mian. There is one Malacha that you're not Chayav 1. There's one Malacha. Of the 39, that your putter, meaning a person would not be Chayev Misa if he violated it, and doesn't say which one it is. So let's see. If, now, the Mekoshish Eitzim got Misa, he got Skila. So whatever the Mekoshish Eitzim did, that is clearly not, one, not the one that is putter for Misa. So that's why I want to know what the Makoshis Eitzin did. Because whatever he did is not going to be the one that you're not Chayiv Misa on. So according to Rabbi Huda, that when Rabbi Huda said it was Hoytzah that the Makoshis Eitzin did, so it must be according to Rabbi Huda, it must be obvious to him to have Mavre Chayiv, that, that someone who transfers Da'ar Amos, he is definitely, that is definitely Chayiv Misa. Okay? Umas Nisa. What about the Brisa? According to the Brisa, Pshitalei, the Brisa's opinion, it was obvious to, to the Brisa, the Toilish Chaim, that Talisha, that, that uh, pruning, that taking off, uh, that cutting wood, would be Chaim. And how do I know that? Because he said the Makosh Jaisim was cutting wood. And Rav Acha Bayakov, Pshitalei, the Ma'amer Chaim, that Ma'amer would also be Chaim. So Mar Sovar, Hamias, 
Meaning, once I know that 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 meaning, we don't know which one is what is the thirty-nine malachas. We don't know which one is the exception, but I know that this one isn't the exception. So. Mar Savar Hamias Lemisapka. This one, so let's say Rabbi Achabayakrat. To him, Ma'amar, that's for sure going to be Chai Misa. And that's why he was confident to say that it was the Makoshi Yetzim. Mar Savar Hamias Lemisapka. Okay, let's do one more Gemara. We have a couple minutes. Tanar Abonan Makoshi Who was this Makoshi Yetzim? Zet Slavchad. This was Slavchad. Who was Slavchad? So we know the famous story. The daughters of Slavchad came to Moshe Rabbeinu and they told him that we do not have a Yerusha in Eretz Yisrael, because our father is no longer alive, and there was no brothers. So turn around, Mekayshe said, Slavchad, the Pasuk says, Vayu Bnei Yisrael B'Midbar Yimtu Ish, it says that there's someone called an Ish, Ulehalanu Aymer, and later on by the Bnei Slavchad, it says, Avinu Meis B'Midbar, so it said there was an Ish B'Midbar, Mekayshe said, and B'Midbar of Avinu Meis, so Malahalan, just like over there, the word B'Midbar was talking about Slavchad, Avkan Slavchad, Rabbi Akiva. So according to Rabbi Akiva, the one who was Mekoshi Eitzim, he was Slavchad. His daughters are the famous Benoist Slavchad that we find in Chumash. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. Amalur Rabbi Yehuda Maseir. Rabbi Yehuda Maseir says, Akiva, Benkach or Benkach, whether you're right or wrong, why are you telling everyone this? Ata asir You're going to have to sit on judgment on this. Meaning, in Shemaim, they're going to be upset at you. Im kidvarecha, if you're correct, Ha-Torah Kisata, the Torah didn't tell us who did it. Va'ata Megala, I say, you're doing us a favor, you're speaking Lashon Hara? What are you doing? Why are you telling us who did it? Ve'em Lav, and if you're wrong, so Ata Moiti Lav, Allah Tzadik. You're making up, uh, you know, disinformation on Oisei Tzadik, on, on Slavchot. So why are you telling us this? So, so, so the Gemara says, Ve'elahog Gamar Gzeir Shava. But, there's Gzeir Shava, so... Don't tell me the Torah didn't tell me this. There's a Gzeir Shavah by Midbar, by Midbar. So the Gemara said, Gzeir Shavah Loigama. Rabbi Yudhim Maseira didn't hold this Gzeir Shavah. And that's why he was questioning Rabbi Akiva. But the truth is, Rabbi Akiva Lushitase said, the Torah did tell me. It didn't tell me explicitly, but because the Torah put, put in the Gzeir Shavah, it basically did tell me that this was Slavchad. So Ella, the Gemara says, according to Rabbi Yudhim Maseira, that it wasn't, that it wasn't uh, Slavchad. That was the Mekoshis Eitzim. So Mehechahava, who was, w- when did Slavcha die? The Torah clearly says, Kibichetoy Meis, that the Slavcha died for doing a sin. So if it wasn't the sin of Mekoshis Eitzim, which sin was it? So the Gemara says, Miviapilu So after the Miraglam, again, this is also in, uh, I think it's the next week's parish as well, after, after, it's called the Mapilim. The Mapilim decided we're going to go on our own, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us that we're not going into Eretzisol now, we're going to have to stay in the Midbar 40 years, they decided we're going to go against the, uh, the regime, we're going to go against what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Benu told us, we're going against it. So it's Vayapilu, so he was one of the Mapilim. Okay, now, <laughs> in a similar way, so the Brisa continues, that there was a similar discussion, the Pasuk says when when uh, this is this week's parsha, that uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu got upset at at uh, Aaron and Miriam for speaking lashon hara regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, which we had a few daf from ago that Moshe Rabbeinu separated from his wife. So it says af Hashem bum So and he left. So Malame now why does he say bum with them? Malame sha'af Aaron yitzara that not only did Miriam get saras. Aaron and Hakayin also got saras. Divi Rabbi Kiva. So I'm like Yehuda Akiva, 
whether you're right or wrong, at You're gonna to have to you're gonna have to answer for yourself. if you're right, Torah didn't tell me that Aaron got saras. and you're telling everyone why are you telling us that Aaron got saras? and if you're not right, You're you're being moitzi las on Aaron Akoin. Why are you doing that? the The Torah says bum that. Hashem got upset at them, Aaron and Miriam. It sounded like they both got saras. So the Gemara says, no, according to Abidim and Seyra, no. Ha-hu b'nezifa ba'ama. Hashem was upset at him, but he didn't punish him. We don't have a source in the Torah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave saras to Aaron. So why, Rabbi Kiva, are you telling everyone? Tanya, command the Amr. We have a price that, that goes with the one who said, af Aaron and Stara. The Aaron got saras, t'chsev. Va'yif and Aaron el Miriam. So Aaron turned to Miriam. V'hinei mitzaras. And she... Still had saras. Tana shepanimitzaratay. The Aaron turned from his saras, and that went away. He looked at Miriam, and she still had saras. So you see from there, the Torah did tell me that Aaron also had saras. So just fascinating Gemara regarding lashon hara and other things. So Hashem, we'll get into some agadata tomorrow. Before we go back to our uh, main topic of hazorik in uh, in this parak. Okay, shreich.